This is Out of the Box, where two TV producers and a medium discuss creativity, spirituality, and how the story we tell ourselves can stop us from reaching our full potential. So harmony amongst people is finding a way to work together to freely give no matter what the circumstances are and to freely take because a lot of people have as much trouble receiving as others do giving. So there has to be a recognition that we rely upon each other, which means we're not isolated, we're not an island. And once we get hold of that concept uh, and that we other people on earth need us and we need them, we'll get somewhere. We were working with someone yesterday and they had come up with their own mantra and I was like, great, I'll take it, what is it? And he's like, inner peace, inner peace, inner friggin' peace. (laughs) (laughs) And it apparently works for him and it just got me thinking, I think I am the least peaceful person stomping around this world. And, you know, when people talk about being creative flow, be zen, be in touch with who you are, to have the fun ideas, to have the creativity. And I just feel like I'm through life. I mean, my observation is that the more peaceful other people get, the less peaceful you become. (laughs) (laughs) So true, including my partner. (laughs) So that's where I I thought it's it's interesting in our world, um, in our working world, when people talk about flow and being in touch with who they are to let to let their ideas and their true self out and it it got me wondering does is is that supposed to be that I'm supposed to be zen all day and in that meditative state is that where I'm holding myself back so I thought maybe today it could be good just to start at that place because any self-help or creative book that you read those terms come up and I don't know if it fits. And in our world, in script writing, like it's tension. That's right. That's that, our currency. Yeah. Like that's to create a good story needs tension. And that I assume is the opposite to flow. I disagree. Really? Mm. Um, <clears throat> first of all, when Paul said to you that oh, when other people uh, become peaceful, you become agitated. I would totally agree, but for different reasons. You're like that because you're not that good at holding and being in touch with what you're feeling at a point in time. So if someone's feeling peaceful for you, you begin to feel out of it. So what you do is revert to a busy mind and you become cerebral at that point in time. And then you try to challenge them out of their so-called state of peace. But I'm not sure that peace is quietness. The bottom line of peace is harmony. It's just understanding what harmony is and how that actually works. And that's a big story. Um, It's a question of whether or not you want to get to it now. Well, I love harmony because I, I think harmony, unless you are in harmony with the people around you, if you are in peace and other people around you are not, then that's a solo. That's You can't be in a choir if everybody's singing a solo. Mm. 
So I love this concept of harmony mm. and what it means. And, and sometimes, you know, I've been on film shoots that have been really intense, not very enjoyable, but everybody's harmonious in their experience of that. So everybody's having a shit time. Mm. And the result is fantastic. Which means at the end, everyone had a good time. That's exactly mm. right, because they were all in harmony with mm. each other That's in right. the tension. And in the energy and nobody was like sitting on the sidelines smoking a cigarette and mm. loving it because mm. everybody was under the pump. And then I've been in other situations where everybody's peaceful and in harmony and the end result has been terrible mm. because no one's been heavily invested to the point that there's jeopardy. Mm. And so this idea of harmony for me is really, really important because if I'm like Carla and I are in a business together in a partnership if i'm like yeah everything's happy days i'm mm. feeling peaceful and harmonious mm. and carla's not then there's a disconnect and mm. you know we can be energetically in harmony you know like i can be in the flow of creativity and carla can be looking in the looking for what does that mean and what what are we doing and how do we do that how do we make so i'm in the why and carla could be in the how or the what but in that moment, we're still in harmony because mm. the, the yin and the yang is working, I suppose. Mm. Um, but if but if we're energetically disconnected or not look, mm. moving towards the same point, mm. then we're out of harmony. Like if I'm singing one tune and Carl is singing a different tune, Which it's just noise. more than likely when it comes to singing, I mean. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I, I'm gabbling a bit, but, no, but you not. know what I mean? What, I think harmony no, no. is a really interesting thing to talk about because what, it's you're more saying, exciting to me than peace. They're the same. Yeah. Interchangeable language. And I'll explain why in just a moment. But what you're saying, with which I agree, is that peace is situational. Mm. And it's not being in a Zen state, whatever the heck that is, because that presumes that you actually know the inner you, and not many people do. And that presumes that you know all of the inner you and why you're in the situation. In some respects, what they're trying to do is to get themselves into a state to avoid the world around them. And that can be beneficial or not beneficial. It just depends. If I just deal with the word peace for a little bit longer, on earth, peace is generally regarded as an absence of war. And it's not. And it never will be. And that's demonstrated by governments throughout the world have war offices they have military but they don't have a peace office they don't have anything or any institution doesn't have anyone who's the peace officer history says we have the sheriff but not the peace officer and the sheriff never was a peace officer so it becomes a dilemma then as to what's peace now i'd like to meander not for long into a big picture and bring it right down to what we're talking about with regards to peace and harmony and why I say to you they're interchangeable. If we, uh, first of all, not that much is known through science of not only the universe but the greater universe out there. And we fortunately have the ability to be able to see and understand beyond a telescope. And through history, the great philosophers have done exactly the same. But if we bring that back and we look out further, how, the question becomes, how does the greater universe work? Therefore, how will Earth work? 
as a part of that greater universe. Nothing is in a, a permanent static position. There's a constant giving and taking of energy through the greater universe. So every part of that greater universe needs a, a specific form of energy at a specific time. Where does it get it? How does it get it? It's got to get it from another part of the greater universe or in, in our language, another place of existence. So they all have specializations and specialist knowledge once they get to a higher level of, of, uh, of living, a higher level of energy, if we can use it that way. Therefore, there's a constant flux. If we try and bring that back to Earth, we would be naive to think that Earth is on a permanent, even circle around the sun. It's not. It's moving all of the time. It's not stable. And in order to be stable, it requires energy from other parts of the greater universe. And that's available to it because the flow of energy is forever. It's forever moving. So what we have is a never-balanced, forever-moving greater universe, all relying upon each other. Harmony is the giving and taking of that. So you need, I give. I need, you give. And it's a free-flowing giving without constraint, without one being more powerful, without anything else. So therefore, there's a harmonious flow. We bring that back to earth and we bring it back to the human body. It is exactly the same principle. The body has to be in harmony with itself. That is the organs, every part of the body has to operate with every other part of the body. If it is, and that could be operating at a high level, at a low level, in a state of um, quiet or in a state of anxiety, but it still has to be operating with itself. If, if one part of the body is damaged or using too much, well then it's going to drain the others because they'll run out of things to give and then we'll end up with a sickness. Therefore the body has to get from somewhere as, as well and it's not considered on earth that that's the same place as everywhere else in the greater universe, from the greater universe. That energy is available and some people are able to tap into it directly but for others it happens automatically. It's a known concept but in a different way because people recognize that their energy shifts at a full moon and um, it dwindles at a new moon. And that's all part of the flow of energy into the earth from that greater universe. That's very broad. It's more specific than that. So what we're saying so far is that the greater universe, the universe, earth, all operate on a free-flowing give and take without conditions. That's what's required. The body doesn't say, the heart doesn't say to um, the brain, well, I'm feeling a bit superior to you and I've given to you three times, mm -hmm. so I'm not going to give to you this time. Mm -hmm. It doesn't do that. There are no conditions. There's no mm -hmm. power struggle. There's not ego. It's just we have to work together. So the body's working best when it's at peace, whether that's slow or fast. So the concept of Zen or, or, or not Zen is actually irrelevant to peace. And peace, by the way, can only be found in the storm. You can't find a true peace in a state of ease, in a state of quiet. You know, if my if all you had to face on earth all day was nothing and you um, you know played with sand all day, that's not difficult to be peaceful doing that. It's very easy. Test of peace is in the storm, and that's the only test of peace. We have to find a peace. Now that doesn't mean it's quiet. 
it's usually very loud and busy, but we have to be peaceful within ourselves, even though we're operating at a furious pace. So then we come back to how we deal with each other, and therein lies the problem. We don't deal with each other harmoniously. There's, which And harmoniously will always come back to equally or equality. We deal with each other in lots of different ways. There are all sorts of power struggles. You owe me. Um, I'm keeping a check on what you've given me to make sure I get it back. There's not a free flow where it's genuinely needed. Now, that's not to say that we have to give everything to everyone because we can't. We don't have the energy to do that and some people simply haven't earned the right of what we've got to give and we might not have earned the right of what they've got to give us in, in the converse. So harmony amongst people is finding a way to work together to freely give no matter what the circumstances are and to freely take because a lot of people have as much trouble receiving as others do giving. So there has to be a recognition that we rely upon each other, which means we're not isolated, we're not an island. And once we get hold of that concept uh, and that we, other people on earth need us and we need them, we'll get somewhere. When we talk about your world and your film set and we had you know, a bad day but we got a terrific outcome, it's because... The pace was frenetic. It wasn't easy. We had high goals, but everyone was in accord with those high goals. No one was thinking of themselves, and I've, I'm being left out. Everyone was aiming together for an outcome. We're exhausted at the end of the day, but we're actually very happy and peaceful at the end of the day in a sedate state. But during the day, we were peaceful in a non-sedate state. It's the same thing. But we can never get to peace until we have a harmony. And it's almost in that moment you let go of self. Yes. So it's yes. that no one has any more power. Correct. I remember when I was a first assistant director and, you know, when I came to Australia, all the first assistant directors wore cowboy hats and they were, you know, quite tall and very masculine and, you know, always had the loudest voice. Whereas <laughs> I was never that. And, no. you know, it was people would say to me, you know, you need to you need to shout more, or you need to be heard more. Yes. Whereas my leadership style was more about creating harmony mm. and trusting that as a body we would all move forward more efficiently together. Mm. It wasn't about pointing and shouting. It mm. was about actually trying to understand and you know make sure everybody was moving in the same direction. You you had a hope of getting peace and harmony. Mm. The the cowboy hats didn't. And sometimes you had to be that yes. just to recheck people and make for, people realise that for a moment. Yes. It was never about holding that power for a long no. time. No, no. Yeah. So what you're saying, with which I agree, is that the use and misuse of power works against peace and harmony because there's a tension. There's a tension. Therefore, things aren't working equally within yourself, which leads us to if you can't find peace within yourself, You'll never find it with others. So everyone, pardon me, everyone who is in a lot of conflict with others is because they're in inner conflict and they're not looking at their own life and they're not looking at how to grow and improve their own life broadly, not just in a work sense. And therefore, how we behave, whether we like or to admit it or not in a workplace, it will show itself in our home environment. I love the idea of you can still be in 
in conflict but be in harmony. Mm. So the tension enables you to find the harmony. I mean, I immediately think of those beautiful cinematic moments in Game of Thrones where everybody's in slow motion slicing and dicing, you know, everybody around them. But in that moment, they've all got the same purpose. Mm. So there's nobody take, you know, no one's in that holding the power. They're all working as one mm. to, to find that. And then the peace yes. comes. And, and I would say to you um, that for a lot of people in the time of conflict, there's still a peace. Mm. Mm. And they're in harmony with themselves, even though their body's working too furiously and it will have to slow down and it will have to rest and recuperate so it can start again when required. But there, there's a peace in a conflict and there should be once you become used to it and it's not about overpowering it's not about destroying I wonder if that's why every Disney film has an incomplete family at the start so someone's parents have died or and you know that enabled they can't get to the happy Disney ending Mm. unless they start with the disharmony first Mm. I don't know just came to me and, and amusing. <laughs> no, no, I would totally accept the, the logic of that, save and accept that we should be able to find the harmony in an incomplete family. It's just, oh, totally. It's, it's, in real life. Yeah. 100%. I think yeah. where we have to dance is, is between the stories we choose to tell, how we construct those stories, and what we can learn from these kind of conversations that actually make us deeper storytellers Mm. so we're not just scratching the surface we're like Mm. okay so if we want to get to a happy ending or a harmonious ending how do we what journey do we take those characters on Mm. based on these conversations to make those stories deeper as opposed to a version where we're just manipulating and puppeteering Mm. like we're doing that anyway but doing it from a from an informed place that's right and also i mean our whole industry from a film perspective, is built on and they lived happily ever after. <laughs> so what does that really mean? Well, it's age-dependent. That's I would, I would believe that's why Disney need the ending they do because of their demographic. Mm. But to others, it's a different ending. For some, the best ending, the happy ending, is a divorce. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Or, or if we leave on a cliffhanger... We're leaving the audience with disharmony and discomfort. And so if human nature is to find harmony, look for harmony, then that's a good way to get them to come back for the next episode. Mm. <laughs> so it's, yes. it's at what point you want to complete the audience yes. and make the audience feel comfortable, mm. I suppose. Mm. I accept that. Can we, and I'll come back to, to that because you're relating that to the creative world. If we take it outside, and you talked about puppeteering, whether it be government or or institutions, let's start with an institution. It's full of politics, and everyone says, that's normal, you have to adjust to that. Well, it's abnormal, and politics is a manipulation, and it's a deceit, and it will create disharmony. Therefore, there'll never be peace. The more the politically organisation is, the less peaceful it will be. 
Therefore, the more difficult for people to work within, they might be able to work successfully, but they won't be able to work in a peaceful way. That doesn't mean a quiet, non-achieving way. One of the things that's used to help to overcome that were short-term projects. So people had a project that went a few months. There was much less politics. Therefore, everyone felt much more part of a team. And then if you go to the military, where they run their specialist teams, um, there's very little politics. It's all about harmony. It's all about working together. And even though we're, they're in a, in, a, in, a, in a field where their job is to destroy, annihilate and kill, just within the team, there'll be much more peace and harmony, which seems like a strange thing to say, but there will be within the team. When we come to government, <clears throat> because they're in the business of politics and it's become legitimised, there's never any peace. They're always in conflict. They're always backstabbing each other. Um, when they're in power, when they're out of power, no one seems to be satisfied. No one seems to be concerned enough about the constituents. No one con seems to be concerned about anything but a lust for, for power and more power. So there's never any peace in such an organisation and, and there never will be, and that will reflect upon the people that, that disharmony comes across, and therefore the world, their world comes to solving daily problems, and because of the disharmony, no one's working together to, so, to really and genuinely solve the long-term problems. So that's one of the reasons. Now, we can argue that it's also short-termism, but I would put to you it's the lack of peace or the lack of harmony within the organisation that contributes to where you put your energy so there's a lot about survival, there's a lot about grabbing for power uh, and grabbing the attention of the constituents in an organisation or a government in order to feel powerful or to look powerful. There's very little team, very, very little. So there's not enough we, there's not enough team, there's not enough understanding that we're not doing this alone, that we can't progress on earth until we realise that we have to work with and that's the issue. That's what holds Earth back more than anything is that so many people think that the world is them and that they're special and that they're bigger and better than others and they forget that they all die and it all becomes meaningless unless they've done good things, unless they've helped people along the way. But doing things for, the, for personal power or just the growth of an income at some point in everyone's life, they'll recognize its futility, even if it's on their deathbed. But it's a lesson we're not learning quickly enough, that we are connected to each other, we are connected to something bigger than just Earth, and we have a duty and responsibility to achieve with others. We reflect on the long game mm. and and we've discussed immediacy mm. versus um, also knowing that it's one foot in front of the next. It seems to me that if you have a common goal or the right values to bring that we together is something mm. to work towards together. Does that mean you can also have moments of feeling disharmony in the, in the moment, in the immediacy, but you're actually working towards a bigger goal. Okay, what what 
Let's go back to the greater universe. Everything relies upon everything and nothing is, is perfectly balanced. Yep. So as soon as something's out of balance, it requires the balancing energy from somewhere else. So you're in a team. There has to be what you call disharmony. There has to be. But it's at a point in time. Therefore, what you're needing is something from your partner. Now, if they say, "Get forgive me, but get your shit together, that's not helpful. That's telling you nothing other than you have to figure out what you can't figure out. So there's something that they you need from them at that point in time mm-hmm. or someone else in a team if it's a bigger team. And the true leader is the one who recognize that and recognize what's required. And if they don't recognize what's required, sit the person down and say, what's going on? Mm. And try and work it out and give it. So you're putting that person back into a better harmonious state. So then they're more balanced. So then the natural outcome, they'll start to give to another teammate. Or in a team of two, you'll give back to the other one when the other one needs it, which might be immediately or might be at a point in time later. Harmony's not, nothing is permanent. Energetically, everything's fluid. Mm. So if, we're gen- if we can keep bringing ourselves back to the path, that's the trick. We, re- we need others around us to do that. You can only get there if we're seeing each other as equal and having certain skills. Everyone's got something to give. And if they give it at the right time, then we're back in harmony. It's so funny, isn't it? Because we often say there's no rule book mm. to life. You hear that, you know, there's no, we've got kids, there's no rule book. But when you were talking then, I'm, a, I'm slightly obsessed with forests and woodland. Slightly. And very obsessed. <laughs> um, and how they seem to know how to exist in harmony, even though they don't have a brain or a heart. And so we're supposed to be the most intelligent beings with a brain and a heart and feelings and blah, blah, blah. And yet the forest inherently knows when someone else within that forest or in that woodland or another tree or another um, being is in need of something from them and Mm. they selflessly send it to them. Spot on. And so when we say there's no rule book, well, there is. That's all around us. And, Mm. you know... And yet we tend to not see that. Because when you were talking, I'm thinking to myself, so do we actually need, is peace and harmony contingent on jeopardy? And so have we created this boom and bust, feast and famine world where we actually just have to keep up in the state? So we had the bushfires, we had COVID. So we need to make the big tension point so big that it then snaps the rubber band back to something that's completely the opposite and creates a larger, more lush harmony as opposed to an ongoing trickle of harmony? Mm. I, when do we break the cycle, I suppose? I mean, this is a big question. We but. don't break the cycle until we get smart enough. Mm. And so far, we haven't been smart enough. Mm. And it comes back to, to the lust for power. Nature was given to us, including animals, to learn from. Mm. And that includes trees. What's the difference between they and us? We have this so-called brain. Therefore, our weakness must be our brain because it's conditioned one way. 
and it's conditioned on the stories we've been told, on the way we've been brought up, on the way we've been educated and so forth. And the goals that culture, the cultures put before us of, of achievement in certain ways. Again, I, I keep coming back to this. I never had an instruction from anyone about one of the great goals of this culture is to work with each other, is to help each other. It was never that. Hmm. Um, it was always to fit in, to, to achieve in certain ways, usually in work. And that achievement meant climbing up some mythical ladder as if you gained some extra knowledge when you climbed up this ladder and, 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 and that gave you scope to influence people and then you're back to the cowboy hats. Most of the power is used to, to abuse and to cajole people into, into doing rather than finding out who they are. So we've fallen short in that regard. But back to where we were, most everything we need we'll discover from being in a woodland mm. and spending a day there and just sitting, watching, pondering, watching the animals and what's going on and why. So if it is, as you say, which it is, that in a woodland or in nature, it will selflessly give, that's because that's a microcosm of what I was talking about before. Mm. But that's the way the human body operates. Now, part of that mind is operating the human body, knowing that it has to be in harmony. But when it comes to dealing with others, we distance ourselves from that. And we say, no, we're back into this, I'm more important, I have to get an extra benefit from me, I have to get some gain beyond the other person to be successful. So our success is not measured in a harmonious state with our environment of people as well as our environment generally. So there's a lot of talk in, and there's a lot of focus through necessity on sustainability and environment at the moment. And that's good, but it's step one. The most important is finding that within ourselves. Mm. But I suppose as well, it often comes down to knowing your values or working towards a goal. As Aside from being knowing that we're all connected energetically and helping each other, if you knew what you stood for, then you can at least gather around people with a, a similar tribe. Mm. And that would be, because if you're feeling out of sync, it's probably a good idea to do a bit of a self-check mm. on who you're hanging out with. Hmm. And it could be you need to stop hanging out with them anymore. Yeah. Rather than try and change them. In, in a forest where there's a big tree, the small trees under it will never be able to grow to their optimum. Therefore, they're curtailed by the bigness of another tree. And if they want to grow, well, they can't. They, they don't have the option to uproot and go. As humans, we do. But we're loath to. We're loath to grow to our capability and to move to somewhere else where indeed have nothing that would appear to support us this is this is a virgin land and i'm plonking myself here as the new tree and will attract others to it and that's how it works I, it works identically to the forest mm. of the woodland and generally we just want to fit in mm. so we'll adapt our values to the people that's to the, the values of the people around that's us. that's the problem that is exactly the problem where there'll be a lack of harmony or lack of peace is where there are bullies. And bullies are everywhere. We, we associate bullies with, with school life. And if bullies are so prevalent at school, what happens when they leave school? Do they automatically grow out of bullying? No, they don't. It just takes a different form, and that includes politics. So if we have a bully at school, what do we do? The way to 
do it most easily is to try and fit in so to succumb to give up your values and try and pretend that you're like the bully so you're not being bullied so someone else will be bullied but how does that help anything it doesn't yeah Carla talks a lot about thoughts feelings and actions Mm. and it's those three words keep coming to mind in this discussion because it's obviously the power of the thoughts the feelings and the actions that do make us different to nature who just seems to do it instinctively correct it it slows us down because of exactly what carla said thoughts feelings and actions if we went feelings thoughts and actions then we would act more naturally which is exactly what i say the Mm. amount of people that say thoughts feeling actions and i'm like feelings come first yes they do and look that's probably because i know that i struggle with feeling my feelings so that's where i'm like i know if we put thoughts first, you end up with me, (laughs) you know, but that really is. And when you're in touch with that, you actually do feel in harmony. It's interesting talking, Carla, about feelings, thoughts and actions. Since having those conversations, and this comes down to the power of language, Mm -hmm. even in the way that we, that I've started to adopt the language in emailing and communicating now often rather i will start with i feel Mm. and then move to i think Mm. and then create the action Mm. point as Mm. opposed i used to often say i think blah 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 which makes me feel this and Mm. we should probably do this Mm. you know and so just tweaking it and we've been talking about how different the response to our communication email communications have been recently just by tweaking the language and the order, um, which is fascinating. It's powerful. Mm. Yeah, it really is. And it becomes inclusive. Yeah. Mm. And Absolutely. again, harmony becomes harmonious. And, and it also, when we're talking about peace, and, and in a way I think peace can take away friction. Peace to me, I mean, it just feels like it's smoother. When you say the word peace or harmony, it's a smoother journey. And so by changing the way you communicate, you're taking away that potential for tension or that potential for a, for to be out of harmony or at the opposite of peace. So people, you, you're more likely then to get a yes because let's dance together as opposed to no, that's not the way I dance. Hmm. How I view peace as a picture is... I'm on a sailboat, alone, and there's a massive storm. The size of the sailboat is irrelevant, but there's a massive storm. And in order to stay afloat and to stay alive, I've got to be frenetically working on that sailboat, trying to watch the weather, trying to watch the waves, trying to see what's happening, and furiously trying to survive in that big storm. And at the same time, feel as one with the storm, so I can feel it and read it. Feel as one with the boat, so I can be with it and try and guide it and survive. And in so doing, it's peaceful. Once it's dead flat, that's not peace. That's just relax. But it's not peaceful. Quiet is not necessarily peaceful, unless there's some reason for it. Now, when you talk about the only thing you changed was your style of communication, I I disagree. 
You didn't just write, I feel. In writing, I feel, it was going to be, I feel this. But you actually portrayed the energy of the feeling. That's what changed. Emails and any correspondence contains a feeling. They bought into your feeling. Therefore, they thought, I'll go along with it. So you didn't change your language so much as you actually injected feeling into your email. And that's, that's the difference. So therefore, you have said to the world at large, I feel. I'm going to share those feelings. And if you're like me and this is of interest to you, I'm inviting you to come along. And if you're not, I'm, I'm inviting you to leave. Mm. Whereas I think puts me in a position of right and wrong. Correct. It? Because it's like, well, I either agree... <laughs> Or disagree. Or I disagree. Whereas right. I feel is like, yeah. ah, okay. Do That's I, where the empathy can come in. You're inviting them to feel too. Mm. The tree needs to give to the shrub. It feels it. It gives. If it stopped and thought about it, it would say, "What's the cost and the risk?" Let's do a risk to me. Let's do a risk analysis. Mm. Yeah. Why? <laughs> let's not think about you. Let's think that I've got an excess. They need some of it. Mm. Let's give. And and in our country, in Australia. Um, give selflessly you know a tree will give itself up to the forest to be burnt in order to regenerate and that's to me is such a selfless act that i don't know many human beings that would do that where that takes me is that there can never be peace and harmony in the world with such a proliferation of rules if we start to learn to do things together and start to recognise each other and congratulate each other and take from each other and give to each other like the woodland, there'd be less rules. I suspect that if you're able to speak tree language and animal language, there wouldn't, as you entered the woodland, you wouldn't be given um, acts of parliament about what you can do or not do in there. <laughs> yeah. They don't well, it's work an that exchange way. of energy. There is, uh, there is someone who is putting um, sonar on trees in the same way that they can listen to whales mm. listening to trees. And when you listen to it, and I've sat and listened to it because <laughs> yeah. I am obsessed, you can hear the different energy clicks mm. and you can hear this exchange of energy mm. when different things are happening in the forest. And it's fascinating. Even though we don't speak the language of trees, we can connect energetically and understand mm. what they're saying to each other. It's mm. fascinating. Mm. I'm, I'm lucky to have a woodland and I spend a lot of time with a hand on a tree and you can feel everything and hear everything just through your hand. Mm. Mm. I'm the suburban tree hugger. <laughs> so if you see anyone with their arms wrapped around a tree in the outer suburbs of Melbourne, it's probably me. <laughs> and I'd be curious to hear if you were saying goodbye, what a tree would sound like saying goodbye, Paul. That's my impression. (laughs) Thank you. That was an oak tree, by the way. (laughs) Very different if it was a birch tree. (laughs) Thank you again, Ian. Thank you. Go out and be peaceful. Out of the Box is produced by Studio 720. Imagine your world differently. 